This is the Huddle.com LifeCast. We're talking to inspired and insightful people who have faced life's greatest challenges and broken through. Welcome, everyone, to the Huddle.com Livecast. I'm your host, Mark Stolo. I'm joined today by Catherine Snow. Catherine's been with us in the past. She is a life coach, motivational speaker, author, and she's particularly focused on working with women in transition. Catherine, welcome to the Huddle Livecast. Morning, Mark. Thank you for having me here today. So Catherine is among our amazing network of Huddle pros. So we've got about 45 Huddle pros in our network who provide support to the Huddle community and then also provide one-to-one video sessions for people who need more dedicated time and kind of one-to-one care. We've been talking as a, a Huddle community and just with the interactions that we've had with our members and then beyond at how difficult parenting has become in this COVID world because we understand that parents are having to take on all kinds of new roles experiencing all kinds of new stress. And then added to that, their kids might also be going through really difficult transitions and experiencing their own stress and their own mental health issues. So we invited Catherine today to talk about what it means to be a parent in a pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag parent pandemic. Um, And with with the goal of, uh, you know, not griping over this, but focusing on what we can do to help parents move the needle and and feel a little bit more safe and comfortable um, with this new perspective. So, Catherine, let let's let's kind of like you know lay the groundwork here. You're you yourself have dealt with you know childcare over this pandemic experience. You're you have a network of people around you. You're you're feeling mm-hmm. out parents what's what's really the some of the big differences of what parents are experiencing with this pandemic? Well, Mark, I have to tell you, I come from the perspective I've often said that parenting is like the no-win school of life. It is hard under the best of times to be a parent and a good parent. We all try and we all have great expectations, but today parenting in, the, in this new situation, I think it has thrown a lot of people you know, their, their expectations of how they are as a human being, who they are and how they are as a parent, it's all being thrown into disarray. Mm-hmm. People are losing a little bit of con- control in their lives and some of the confidence in their choices and how they're being a parent, I find. Yeah, do you think it's a byproduct of having, like what are the big triggers? Is it having so much time with kids? And again, no, you know, we say that and it sounds like, well, shouldn't parents love being with their kids? Well, of course they love being with their kids. <laughs> the question is, is when you extend that time in a day by an additional well, eight hours and then you add on all the external realities that are that they're dealing with, is is that the pressure cooker? Well, I, th- I think part that is definitely part of the pressure cooker. I mean, you're with your children 24-7 whether you have young children, uh, we're used to having our jobs, many of us, where you go somewhere and you're treated like an adult, you have your adult world, you have your parenting world, 
Uh, we like to talk about spending quality time with our children and grandchildren. Let's bring grandparents into this too, because a lot of grandparents have found themselves all of a sudden being full-time parents or helpers. But you have your idea of how you are with your children. And we do, uh, we live in a society where we have our time all scheduled. Your children go to school for a certain period of time. Then they tend to have after school activities. They have things that they do. And then you have your routines and it's a short period of time. I mean, people are overwhelmed with doing their homework with their children. Now they have them 24 seven and you're not just the parent. You're the parent, you're the teacher, you're the janitor, you're the caretaker, you're the entertainment committee. You're right. all of a sudden, you're supposed to be everything. And when you say about having so much time on your hands, most of the people I am speaking to are finding they have far less time. Mm-hmm. It's right. No personal time. Absolutely no personal time. Right. And and also who you think you I mean, whether you're parenting or not right now, who you think you are as a person, everything you came to know, your little bit of control in the world, what made you feel like who you were, it's kind of being ripped out from under your you know, it's like the rugs being ripped out from under people. Mm -hmm. And so the stress that a lot of people are feeling, many people are feeling, the insecurity about jobs, finances, worrying about the health of older parents, worrying about their children. This is now the person who is being the full-time parent at home when children are, are also feeling the same stresses mm -hmm. and more stress even because the people they rely on to be a constant and with parents, I mean, children are aware we have our moments where we are less than stellar. We, you know, we yell, we lose it. You know, uh, you have the like the outside voice and what the world sees, and you have your in the house where you just lose it and go crazy some days. They're aware of that, but now it's a different type of stress, and I think it's really affecting our children a lot more than we realize. Yeah, we've we're calling on parents to. We've done so much work in the past in the caregiver space, and I think this is it's an interesting uh, parallel between the person who's called on to care for a family member who's sick and who has a loss of autonomy and who's leaning on that person and how intense that experience is. And now we have a lot of parents who are in a double-duty role, maybe triple-duty role, maybe to your uh -huh. point, a quadruple-duty role, however many hats they're wearing, too many hats, Um and they're feeling what that's like to be under constant need where there's a where there's a sense of a constant demand. And of course, they have to juggle that to your point against their own needs um, and their own stressors and what's going on in their work lives and potentially what's happening as an impact on their relationships. Because that's the other side of the parenting experience for a lot of people is this closeness, this lack of respite, this lack of access to do other things, diversifying our lives also means that you're in very close proximity to your partner. Some people may not be used to that. That can cause friction. Um, I mean, I think in some instances, I'm sure it's, it's very, it's a beautiful thing and maybe it's breeding closeness, but in other instances, it's also causing friction. Um, what are some, what are some things that you think I mean, looking at it through the perspective of the child, are there some things that you think parents should be very mindful of or signs they might I, see in their kids that are an indicator that they may not be adjusting very well? 
Well, I, I think, well, well, let's put this in two perspectives. There's what you do as a parent. I mean, a lot of the parents now taking on the role of trying to do the homeschooling and that aspect. But then there's a simple aspect, or <laughs> not so simple, but the, the more glaring one is we're living in a world where the news is constantly telling us about COVID, uh, that there, you know, the safety uh, regulations, the fact that the children can't go to school anymore, they know their whole world has changed. And I feel the children are looking to, to their parents for cues. I think that children, although we, we were so worried about whether they're getting their math and their science and their English, what they really need right now, I think, is love and security and all the stress that parents are putting on themselves to be so many other things, maybe they should step back and think, okay, how can I make my child feel loved and secure? How can I make something good come out of a bad situation? Because there is no getting away from the fact this is a bad situation the world has got themselves into right now. And our most important role, I think, is to make them feel loved, safe and secure, and that they feel that they can speak to us and to ask us about what is concerning them. And I think maybe we should think a little bit about how we have those conversations with our children. Mm -hmm. We need to be honest with them. And I think perhaps what we need to do is listen to them more ask questions and try to figure out what they know already, what's concerning them, and then answer their concerns to the amount that they need. Right. It's. I was reading, um, we're, uh, we published a blog recently that we're going to be sharing next week on, on Playbook, Huddle Playbook, and it's from Corey Sirota, who's one of our bereavement specialists and grief specialists, and she talks about, mm -hmm. it's about, particularly how you handle a crisis as a parent and how you deal with kids. And the one thing she said that really resonated with me in that piece is you don't have to tell kids all the time that everything is going to be okay. Like you don't have to always say to them, um, this is terrible, but just keep hang your hat on everything being okay all the time, right? Like this idea that the moment is somehow not acceptable and when the moment gets better, it'll be more acceptable. And I really, I have to be honest with you, I really uh, am in tune with that idea. Um, mm -hmm. It's not to scare kids, but when you talk about honesty and transparency, there's also an opportunity, I think, to talk to kids about the experience of suffering, you know, the experiencing of things not being quote unquote good. Um, you know, that's what I think builds resilience into kids. I think probably a struggle for a lot of parents right now is they're so used to the distractibility. They're so used to the constant activity. You know, they're so used to making sure their kids are always stimulated. And when you take what away, yeah, and you take away those things that you're left with, um, that emptiness, that, that space and that space for a lot of people is uncomfortable. And there's a learning curve to be okay in that space of accepting that space and being with your kids in that space and giving them an opportunity to just embrace the, the silence, the non-activity. And if feelings arise that create tension or anxiety or stress or are uncomfortable, uh, holding that with them. 
um, and, and letting them know that it's okay to sometimes feel uncomfortable and to be present with those feelings. And I get that how much discipline that takes, obviously. That's not a simple exercise, but it's a very simple experience. That's a, that's a gift for a lifetime, I think, for kids. Well, I, I like the word that you used, resilience, because that is what I think that we are all, and especially children, are going to learn from this, is that they are resilient. Um, I agree with what you say. I think it's a very interesting concept. I was thinking more along the lines, though, that stress is a normal part of life. Mm -hmm. I think it's important for them to know that and that not so much glossing over, oh, yeah, everything will get better, but the stress of the situation, we all have stress. Parents have stress. Children have stress. It, it's life is stress. But the stress part does pass as you either gain control of the situation or learn to live with your new situation or feel that you have something positive that you can do to have control. Even in this with the children, I think if you talk about the good things that are happening, the fact that you know, that they are looking for new cures and new studies are coming out of this or little things they do themselves about how to stay safe, giving them back some feeling that they can control the situation somewhat in their own small ways. But also this idea that uh, it's a great opportunity. Uh, I like what you said about the silence. We're not always comfortable with the silence. We're also not comfortable with certain types of conversations. Uh, in my own experience just recently, and this was with my grandchild, who is nine, uh, we were talking and walking in our, uh, like, a, we, they're at a country place right now where they have gone to stay for this whole thing. And I was with them for the first three weeks because I was the responsible parent who was left in charge of these two children. And as we were walking and talking, we were looking at a stone wall and some old trees, like that, the old trees. And I was saying to my grandson, that, you know, there's a lot of great memories for me at this place. And I was talking about, like, my ex-father-in-law who has now passed and, and, and different people who have gone, who have died and moved on in their lives. And I was saying to, to him that people always live on in our memories and the things that we do with people, you know, and that time comes and then, you know, people do go eventually. But we just opened up the conversation and just enough of it so he was able to talk about things and then let it drop and mm -hmm. go on to something else. And I think I think it's the same thing right now is that if, if, if you open up a conversation, you'll be surprised what's going on in, the, in, in our children's minds, what they're thinking about. They're very adult in their childlike ways. Mm -hmm. They have very strong opinions. And it is a chance if, if, if we're not so caught up trying to get the schooling part done, this is, a, is an opportunity to sit and talk about things and learn about your child almost. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's, I think there's, you know, there's a moral to this story. Uh, this is why great children's stories often deal with adversity because the exercise is helping kids learn through storytelling, learn through the experience of that adversity, those speed bumps, you know, the, the dips in the road. Uh, this is a big dip, obviously. It's just, you know, mm -hmm. a worldly dip, uh, maybe more of a crater. And that's okay. <laughs> yeah. And so you could look at that and say, well, the lessons are then more profound. 
the takeaways are more, there's a greater opportunity for those takeaways to talk about vulnerability and uh, our interconnection to each other. Um, and, you know, a virus can spread fear. A virus can spread the idea that we're, we have to look out for each other. That's, a diff that's just a different approach and a different angle on the same, same story. So I, I think to your point is what lessons will you pull out of the story of coronavirus? What will be the lessons that you share and talk about with your kids? How will it change your mindset about maybe how you parent um, as you listen more and get more time to really hear your kids' feelings out with less distractions? So it can actually be an amazing gift. The Will it... Yes. Also, also, I was thinking, Mark, that I, if, if you focus more on, on I, I often talk to people, well, we're making good memories, we're making good memories. But even now, you could be making good memories out of or from what we call a bad time. Mm -hmm. I mean, think of people who've gone through wars, children who've gone through wars, I'm thinking like First World War, or Second World War, you know, and some of the stories that come out of that, you know, like, around meal times, around getting by with less, about getting back to playing games with one another. Mm -hmm. Simple things. And not to say we want to go back to, uh, you know, uh, the world at war, but maybe some of the simple things that we did in those times. Uh, playing games, getting away from the computers, uh, actually spending time with each other. More parents are doing that now. Of course, my sympathies definitely go out to the working parents who are trying mm -hmm. to do a full-time job while at home looking after small children who believe that because the parents <laughs> home, they, they've got them 100% of the time. Yeah. I mean, yes, maybe I'm glossing this with a lovely brush, but even for those parents, and I'm thinking of specific ones in their you know, mid-30s who are like climbing that, that you know, up the ladder for their careers and all of a sudden you know, their, their perfect little worlds are just tumbling down around them. Right. But even there, even there, I think in terms of parenting and in terms of their lives, I think they're stepping back and saying, whoa, well, what's really important to me? Yeah. I was on well, a... What's that important, you know? Right. That rap well, I want to go back to it. What is my new normal going to be? Mm -hmm. I was on a conference call this morning and two kids ran into the video camera while I was talking about seven people in the group, but I'm sure this is happening. Makes me think of that CNN episode where the that man is in his what seems like his basement on a video conference, and his kids come into the room and one. Oh, and his <laughs> wife has to pull out the children. I think I'm not sure if it was his wife or a caretaker, but it yeah. was. It was. I mean, that was a you know went viral. It's it was pretty classic. hilarious. Yeah, it was classic. Um, <laughs> but it's all you know. What I thought was interesting this morning is that the parent just got a kick out of it, and everyone else did too. You know, like it's, you know, we, I think the one thing is when you're in a situation like this and you are experiencing this kind of cosmic or collective vulnerability is everyone feels a little more human. It's okay that your kids walked into your video camera and quite honestly, introduce them. Like it's okay. I mean, unless you're having a meeting that's like crisis intervention and you can't just, you know, break away. Those mm -hmm. moments may be beautiful moments to share. Or, you know, if you see, to your point, you know, not all stress is bad stress. So, yes, could it be stressful that your kids are running in front of a camera? Maybe. Could you alleviate and diffuse that stress by saying, hey, kids, come over here. Let me introduce you to a few people that I work with. 
maybe. You know, maybe we just have to be focused right now on flipping the narrative. Um, and, and, and really, Mark, uh, that is so much one of the things that gets me so irritated is that people are still making comparisons. We're looking at what all the other incredibly clever parents are doing on Facebook. You know, mm -hmm. remember that people only post their best moments. They don't post when they're screaming or they've lost it or, you know, they can't play teacher. I, I think that maybe maybe what's going to come out of this is that we are going to accept the fact that we are really all just human. We're all doing the best we can. And some days we're really good at it. Some days we're not. And maybe we'll be more accepting of other people and realizing, well, that is the reality of everybody's life. Mm -hmm. You have your outside job person that you've always presented. And then you have the reality that, you know, you have a... Uh, a partner, you have children, you have a whole other life. And that other life is as valid, if not more so, than the life we pretend to have and present to everyone else. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll just be better. I hope we'll be better people out of this. Yeah. And just allow ourselves to be to be where we are, you know. And, and I think to release, to your point, I, I really like that, that last sentiment, to release the expectation that we have to be perfect right now uh, good is just fine. Um, and if you can get to great and you find those moments of calm, even better. But give yourself permission to feel self-compassionate right now and to recognize that we are in a very unusual circumstance that no one was totally prepared for. So if you're kind of tripping over yourself, it's okay. It's it's okay to feel like you know your shoelaces are tied together because your your life just got very tied into the people around you. <laughs> I know you mentioned that you're going to, we're going to post these with the podcast. You're going to share some resources, helpful resources for parents. Ah, well, when I say helpful resources, I, you know, I realize that trying to do the homeschooling is very difficult because teachers, they have training, they have lesson plans, they have supplies and equipment. And you have to keep in mind as a parent that Although they like your children a lot, it's a job for them. They're not emotionally involved with your children. They're not trying to uh, be parent and uh, authoritarian teacher. So I found for us with the children, and there was a group of kids that we ended up sort of trying to do this with. They taught me things. I learned about something called Cosmic Kids, mm. which you may want to check out on YouTube. This is to do with meditation and yoga. And it's done through children's stories. I swear to God, if I have to see Frozen done in yoga one more time, <laughs> I will totally lose Funny. it. But the children love it. And I'm talking children from eight, you know, from mm -hmm. about six through to 12 who really loved that. But grownups carried along with it. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that they introduced me to was something called also on YouTube called Booty Army. Mm -hmm. Now, this is an exercise and dance routine that um, the children knew all the words to, I have to say, but it was great exercise. It had everybody, and I mean every age group, up and trying to, to move along with this fellow who does a very funny dance routine. And these things are all free. I mean, you can pay to have like the better version. Right. You can find it for free. Uh, and then the other thing that I did pay for, and it was a godsend, was something called education.com. And I think they had some special like $8.99 for during the next few months because of the uh, 
everyone's really needing it right now. Mm -hmm. But it had classes from grade one to, I think, about 11 or 12. I was only looking at elementary school at this point. But it was on the computer, and the children could learn math, age-appropriate math. And it was like computer games in a way, but it was very educational. Nice. It was so good to the point that I would have to say to them, no, you're only allowed an hour at a time. <laughs> no more so, math. <laughs> exactly. How often I mean, do you get to say that as a parent? It. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they really, they really, really enjoyed it. We're going to have... Sorry. sorry? But you go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. You know, and I was going to say the other thing that a Scholastic has um, a Learn at Home website that they've put up right now. Mm -hmm. And that's mostly free as well. And great books, storytelling. I mean, there are things that you can find online to keep them amused right? Uh, and very helpful. Um, there are a few of them that I will, you know, other ones that I will hand over to you, like my the ideas of what I found. Sure. I'm sure there are many more out there, but these were very inexpensive and all things that kept them busy in terms of like, the, uh, and I love the Cosmic Kids because it was very calming for all of us and all of us right. needed it right. because although I'm talking about grandchildren learning, I was also with my adult children and mm -hmm. that's a whole other webcast. <laughs> that, that's a whole other book. But <laughs> a, Thank you for that. So we're going to post those resources and I want to thank Catherine for sharing that perspective today. And I hope that that was, if anything, a calming influence on parents who are out there. I mean, the other good news that I can share is that we recently launched um, video coaching and counseling on Huddle. So in addition to community and sharing socially with others on Huddle, you can now jump off and talk to our network of pros like Catherine for one-to-one -one dedicated time. And what we've done in partnership with Teva Canada is create something called the Caregiver Community Fund. So we recognize that a lot of parents right now are also have become to some large extent caregivers. They're supporting their kids. Many of their kids are dealing with emotional and mental health issues. So we wanted to make it possible for parents to have their own dedicated time to speak to professionals, whether it's a mental health professional or a wellness professional or a life coach like Catherine. So you can join us at huddle.com. Sign up is quick. It's free. When you want to go ahead and book one-to-one -one time with one of our pros like Catherine, you can use the promo code TEVACARES, that's T-E-V-A-C-A-R-E-S, and that'll give you 100% off the time that you spend with the pros. And we're extending that to up to four one-hour sessions, so you can have four hours of just your own time to just share what's going on with you, get some insight and perspective, and continue learning uh, with amazing people like Catherine. To connect with Catherine on Huddle, her handle is at kate with a k underscore katherine k-a-t-h-e-r-i-n-e -E, and we'll make sure to post that with the podcast for those of you who are completely new to huddle huddle is an amazing place to meet people who are sharing wisdom finding support and becoming the best versions of themselves this has been the huddle.com livecast i want to thank you for tuning in and thank you for turning on to your lives <laughs>